Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Listeners are going to assume you just lost your guitar, though, right? <laughs> no, I still have it. It'll come back for episode two. Uh, okay. New new instrument, new season? Uh-huh. That'll deal. I, know, I guess this is... I think it's actually just episode 28, I think. I think we did we did 27 episodes last season, JJ. But hold up. New instrument, new year. <laughs> if you want to... You, you get to choose. Because uh, you didn't have anything. I was like, are you playing the guitar again? And you're like, oh! And then you ran upstairs and you came back with a different instrument. So, yeah, we, we carried on after the uh, Coppin State season. Uh, we continued with the baseball season. Um, you wanted to do football, which is why you called it JGB Sports originally, because you had a big plan. Mason didn't want to do it. Um, I didn't want to do it because I don't really follow football closely enough. And I don't think I've watched football more than I've ever watched in this last season, in the last 20 years. So I probably would have known enough to be able to do it. Um, but hey, that's, that's the way it goes. So I, I don't know. So this is obviously going to be a very different episode anyway, because um, we're recording on the Saturday. This is February 18th. The Major League season doesn't even start for at least another six weeks. This is the earliest we've ever seen baseball at all. So, yeah, we can't talk about, like, what happened with the Red Sox, what happened... Well, we could talk about what happened in spring training, but there's not much right now. Um, the players are reporting. I don't think they've had any matches or anything yet. So, yeah, I guess this is strictly a Coppin State podcast for the next well, few last, weeks at least. Last year, we were talking about NFL spring training. We could talk about the... NFL fight with Aaron Donald. Last year. <laughs> NFL's big. Super Bowl was like last week. training weekend. though. For NFL, NFL's done. They're on the off season right now. They're they're done. They're, there's not the only thing that's going on right now is basketball and hockey. And besides me knowing, boring. besides me knowing that the Hurricanes are crushing it right now, um, and the Boston Bruins as well, actually, um, they're doing really well. Besides that, I don't know anything. And besides the trade talks, because um, it was the uh, off, uh, because it was coming up to the All Star break, I don't know. I don't follow basketball that closely. I did see LeBron beat the uh, point scoring record much, but mm-hmm. no, I think we're gonna be. Um, I think pretty much we're going to be focused just on uh, Coppin State for a few weeks. And um, hey, that, that works fine. I have a feeling we'll have things to talk about anyway. So, all right, you got some baseballs. Hold on to those. I think you've forgotten something. I'm holding two at once. You are holding two, but hold on a second. We always do our little introduction first about what do we do. So, we, um, with, this being, with this being a Friday game, I, I wanted to see the season opener. Like, I've seen um, MLB season openers, yeah. but I haven't seen a college season opener because yeah. I didn't even watch college baseball until last year. So, I wanted to see it, but it was Friday, 3 p.m., and I knew there was no way I could physically make it. So, um, I took the day off. <laughs> you took the day off as well. So, um, we did some educational stuff. We um, headed to Baltimore because we had a few hours because the game time wasn't until yeah. 3, and I wanted to get through all the D.C. traffic. As well. yeah, science museum aquarium mm-hmm. we had a rush for the aquarium because mm-hmm. we spent two hours at the science museum and we spent a lot of time at the rock and roll we... cafe. <laughs> at the hard rock cafe. well you just you just blasted through pretty much all my notes for the first two pages ah. now first of all i was a little bit worried because i looked on um 
uh, Spot Hero, I think it's called, for parking. It was around $15, $16 um, for the, a few hours that we're going to be there. And I was like, I don't know. It's not like a game day or anything. I was like, I'm sure we can get cheaper parking than that. And I knew also with being members of the aquarium, you can get, like, discounted yeah. at certain places. Anyway, we saw a sign that said, oh, discounted for aquarium. So I kind of swung straight into that one. $20 for the first hour. I was like, oh, my gosh, I made a massive mistake here. $25 for two hours. And then it went to about $40 if you wanted, like, 12 hours. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, if we get our 20% off, it's 32 But 24. I knew we couldn't do everything in two hours. But anyway, I was like, we'll see. When we get back, we'll find out. Did I make a massive mistake? All right, what about the signs we saw around town? Can you remember? So, no. <laughs> Do you remember the sport they oh, were yeah. at least? Um, the, the CIAA uh -huh. basketball tournament. Yeah, the, that tournament's coming up next week in uh, Baltimore. I did when I was looking to see what was actually going on in Baltimore this weekend. I, that actually came up for the following weekend. Um, I had no idea what it was. Um, we have, As we went to the science uh, place, on the way was the Baltimore tourism place. So we walked in there and um, we asked them and <laughs> they didn't know either. They Googled it. Because I said, what does CIAA stand for? And they were like, uh, hold on a second. And the guy gets his phone out and Googles it. Um, I'd already forgotten what it was, JJ, so I had to look it up. Do you remember? No. I had not heard of CIAA. I didn't even hear it was the said. Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Like, I knew the AA because it's like the NCAA. So it's college? Yes, it's college, yes. Oh, yeah, it's college It's college basketball. Yeah, NBA season's like good, goes on till April. So, yeah, this is college. Um, it was founded and incorporated in the District of Columbia, so that's D.C., in 1912 as the Colored Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Uh, it adopted its current name in December 1950. The conference is headquartered in Charlotte. I vaguely cool. thought afterwards, I was like, I kind of remember that. Because um, I've been lived in Charlotte for a while. But then I looked at the... Because I asked, oh, well, does it say which teams are in? And the guy's like, uh... He had no idea. Now, I have heard of some of these teams. Uh, the first one I heard of, definitely. Um, I think you've heard of this one as well, JJ. Uh, Bowie State University? No. It's in Bowie, Maryland. I've never oh. heard. Okay, all right. Now, the rest of them, I don't think I recognize many of these at all. Um, I might be pronouncing some of them wrong as well. Uh, Chowan University? No. Uh, Cloth, uh, Claflin, I think it says? Don't recognize that one. Elizabeth City State University. Now, I don't know that university, but I recognize Elizabeth City. You remember Elizabeth City? That's where we went to see uh, Franco Varga wrestle. After we went to the Orange County Fair a few years ago. So oh, I recognize yeah. Can we that. Go to Orange County Fair again? <laughs> Fayetteville State University. No. Now the one in Charlotte is the Johnson C. Smith University. I do not recognize that name at all. Uh, Lincoln University, Livingston College in Salisbury, North Carolina, Shaw University in Raleigh, uh, St. Augustine's University, Raleigh, uh, Virginia State University I in know that. Petersburg, uh -huh. uh, and mind. Virginia Union University, which is in Richmond, and then know. Winston Salem State University, which is in Winston Salem. So a lot of these are in North Carolina. So I'm kind of surprised actually that. It's it's going to be up in Maryland, to be honest. I would have thought it would have been much more suited than that. In fact, one of the teams is from South Carolina as well. The only team kind of... Well, Bowie, Maryland, obviously, they're quite happy. Um, the only team north, really, is Lincoln University. So, anyway, we saw some things for that. We went to the Maryland Science Center. You kind of blasted through that one pretty quickly. No, I didn't. Well, um, no. Finished hat. No, your notes about it. So, I was going to... Do you want to tell us some of the stuff that you saw in there, for example? Some of the stuff that you did that was really cool? Or was I launched the ball really high. Yeah, <laughs> you launched the ball really high. Using the power of air pressure? Alright, no, well, I wrote down a couple of things. Using the power of a bowling ball in a rope. I wrote down a couple of things, and so perhaps you can give some more details. Alright, mousetrap. Completed. 
<laughs> what? Okay. I know what you're talking about. No one else does. What was the mousetrap? Uh, I put a ton of stuff together and made a mousetrap. They gave you a box of equipment, Lego, string, a little mouse, like a pretend little cage, and you had to design your own mousetrap. It was pretty clever. It was kind of difficult to do to begin with, because you had to kind of, you were holding it, and I was like, well, that's going to fall over. And so you had to kind of figure out how to stand it up. And then somebody said, oh, I heard the guy talk to the next person that came in, said, if you need any ideas, I got one over here. I was like, you never mentioned that to us. But yours was fine, and then we, you so went and looked at theirs, and... Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. Now, there was the kids' room, which you're only allowed in if you're under, if you're eight and under, which for you only applies until next week. So I was like, you better go yeah. in this one last time. Now, I'm going to be honest, though. I thought what there was, was stuff in there that was still interesting for people your age and even a little bit older as well. <coughs> like, did it seem babyish to you? I didn't think so either. Like, there was a lot of cool stuff in there. Like, the water play, I don't know why that would be limited to somebody your age. None of the other museums I've ever seen that were. Um, the little ship that you can go in where you can use a periscope, that was cool as well. Um, there was little building activities. So I don't know why that's limited to eight-year-olds. I would have thought for perhaps if you were 12 and over, it might have been like perhaps not quite your thing. But for, yeah, at nine, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Now, one thing I liked in that kid's room, though, was um, they had a little uh, house and you could see through the windows and there was clearly a bedroom and it was very sports related. They had the Ravens logos in there, uh, baseball cards. Cal Ripkin was in there, and um, yeah, we only saw about half the place in about two hours. And yeah, we didn't get to see everything. I had to rush you around, and you were like, no. I was like, hey, we got, we got season passes for this well. We just got passes on Groupon, so we can go back whenever we like, but you did not want to go. Um, we had to find somewhere for lunch. We'd already seen the Hard, hard Rock Cafe. I put in my notes Hard Times again, JJ. I said that before, should we go to Hard Times, and you're like, Hard Rock. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. So uh, we decided to do that. I'd never been to one before. Like, I've seen it multiple times, um, never been before. Um, I got some notes, though. I did look it up. Um, I was surprised by this. It's actually a British company as well. A British-American, it says. Um, it started in 1971 by Isaac Tigra and Peter Morton in London. And then in 1979, the cafe began covering its wall with, walls with rock and roll memorabilia. That first eight years must have been terrible, then. What were they doing? It's called the Hard Rock Cafe, and there was no reference to rock at all. Maybe they just play rock. I don't know. Perhaps they did. Perhaps they just play music. I don't know. As of July 2018, Hard Rock International has venues in 74 countries, including 172 bar or cafe restaurants. Because you did ask me, you're like, is it a cafe or a restaurant? I was like, it's like a bar. So I'm not. Perhaps originally, if it was in London, then perhaps it was just tea. Then I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Tea and biscuits and cucumber sandwiches. I, I don't know. Um, on June 10th, 20. Cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a stereotypical thing that you'd say the Queen eats, but um, I don't know. You have them at garden parties and things like that. I like a cucumber sandwich, actually. It's really good. On June 10, 2021, Hard Rock announced Lionel Messi as its Hard Rock brand ambassador as the company Whoa. celebrated its 50th anniversary. Why are you booing Lionel Messi? Ronaldo's better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what things did um what things did Ronaldo win this year? I know Lionel Messi won a World Cup. Um, yeah. Um, so what happened when we got in there? Can you remember? There was something kind of exciting happening just as we were going to our tables, which kind of developed as we were sat down later. Perhaps you weren't paying attention. Prince statue. <laughs> 
they did have some Prince memorabilia. All right, you obviously didn't pick up on it at all. The table we were heading toward, the couple next to it, the, the, the man had just proposed to the woman, and she said yes. And everyone was like, hey, no, we're clapping and things like that. And then a little bit later, they kind of... There's a huge ice cream. There was a huge ice cream. They came and took... As we were sitting down, I heard them say, like, um, we'll take some pictures, we'll post them on social media, blah, 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 blah. And um, I didn't think anything much of it later. I went and looked to try and find Hard Times Cafe, hard, hard Rock Cafe, Baltimore on Twitter. Couldn't find it. But I found the Hard Rock Cafe uh, Twitter feed. The only tweet that I kind of noticed from yesterday, or the first one that I came to, was a picture of that couple. And they were holding a sign saying, random act of kindness. So I guess they got their meal paid for. I was like, I don't know how much of a random act of kindness that was. They just proposed to each other. <laughs> that kind of seems a little bit more... Special than that. But yeah, I remember the, he came around later. He's like, okay, these guys just proposed to each other. On three, everybody. We're going to say congratulations. Wait, no, all 15 people in the restaurant no, right now. Like, every, all 15 people. Yeah. It was fairly quiet. Um, where we were sat, there was 15. Mm. But in the main bar, there was no one sat at the bar at all. I don't know if you noticed that. Only workers. It was just the way, yeah, it was, it was pretty quiet. Some people sat on the other side of the restaurant. There were, but it, he was kind of joking, but it wasn't that many more than 15, I don't think. Uh, so, um, and anyway. And that's a big um, outside building. It, oh, the building's absolutely huge. Yeah, for sure. They even have their own shop built into a restaurant. Like, and there's not many places that do that. They have a power plant next to it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, do you want to talk about the food? Uh, I got nachos because I figured we'd probably get, like, a burger later on the way home or something. Yeah. From fast food. So what did you get? I got um, chicken tenders, mm -hmm. strawberries, and pineapple. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was pineapple as well? I yeah. didn't see that. I just saw the strawberries. The mm -hmm. only kid who has fresh fruit over fries, but you got free fries anyway because they forgot. Uh-huh. And, and also, there was a plate that's shaped like a guitar. I wonder when that was going to come. Yeah, I'm kind of upset, though. That you and had it a... had two parts for, for sauce. Uh-huh. It was a really cool plate. And I was like, why don't the adults get a plate like that? It's the like, perfect plate. Yeah, yeah. The, the food was really good. Um, those chicken I can tenders, only get that plate for two more years. Yeah, you can only get kids meal until 10. Often they'll go up to 12. But yeah, not. Well, it wasn't very long. So yeah, not many but more why times. Why don't we go up to 17? Because you're still not an adult. Uh, a lot of places don't do that. Like, yeah. if you want to go and pay to go into, like, the aquarium, often when you're 15, they'll say, nope, you're an adult. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even less than that. Yeah, it's a bit of a con. Actually, booking some things in England for this summer, uh, it's interesting to see. Actually, there's quite a few places where you're still classed as... Uh, Mason's not classed as an adult until he's 17. So um, yeah. I was like, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't want to pay full rate for him quite yet. Um, and anyway, while we went for food, he's like, oh, you can walk around, go take pictures of stuff. So I was like, great. I want to definitely go look around. Now, De go on. So they had the part where you could walk upstairs both sides. Said rocking, no, said hard rock cafe. And it had a ton of like concert speakers behind mm -hmm. it. And he said Baltimore as well. Yeah. So you could see which one you're at. Yeah, I took a picture of you there. I showed it to you later. I think it looks really cool. I thought it looked really cool. Um, as we walked around, I was hoping to see U2, Bruce Springsteen, R.E.M. Didn't see any of those at all. Uh, but hey, now, one thing I did see, though, was I did see something from Eric Clapton, who I recognize because he's a, he's a Brit. So I was like, oh, Eric Clapton's very famous. 
uh, been in several different bands. Now, as I was looking on that website for about Hard Rock Cafe, I saw this. So the collection began in 1979 with an unsigned Red Fender uh, led to guitar from Eric Clapton, who was a regular at the first restaurant in London. Cool. Clapton wanted management to hang the guitar over his regular seat in order to lay claim to that spot, and they obliged. That's pretty cool, right? He goes to there, he's like, hey, look, I'll give you a guitar, but if I'm in, you have to let me sit at this seat. So they did. Hey, Dad. This pro Hold on, hold on. This prompted Pete Townsend of The Who to give one of his guitars, also unsigned, with a note, mine's as good as his, love Pete. Hard Rock's archive includes over 80,000 items and is the largest private collection of rock and roll memorabilia in the world. Marquee pieces from the collection were briefly displayed in a Hard Rock museum called The Vault in Orlando, Florida, from January 2003 until September 2004. After the closure, items were distributed to various restaurant locations. The London Vault remains open and free to visitors located in the... Re <laughs> Retail rock shop for the original cafe. You have a question, you just put your hand up. Now, that's exactly why I included it. We're going to be in London this summer. Wait, hold up. I want to go see the vault. Who's that first person we were talking about in that London cafe? Eric Clapton? Yeah, is he dead? Uh, no, he's not dead. He lives in America now, though, I believe. Well, Dad, when he's dead, they, they put a glass... They put bulletproof glass around the chair. They have the guitar there. Oh, so no one can sit in his seat again? Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, but like, you can still sit at the table. Yeah, like I'm wondering now if he do, if he does live in America, which I'm pretty sure he does. Like I'm wondering if anyone's allowed to sit there now. I don't know. I have no idea. Or whether they have something. I know the guy at the restaurant told us he's like, don't go stealing anything because he was joking. But um, he said like everything's got GPS in it and stuff. I was like, I'm sure. He said it the does. guitars do. Of course, they're really valuable. Like if I... anyone tried to take one from the wall or something, it's like art paintings. Like they have GPS trackers yeah, and have everything like that. To stop there's people. a sign. We were sitting next to a signed um guitar. We were close to... Oh, yeah, the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. And um, the other one we had there was, was uh, Iggy, Iggy Pop, because you asked me who that was. I thought Iggy Pop was British. I did not know that he was American. I, I don't know why and, uh, I thought he was British. Billy Idol. Billy Idol was the one where I recognised that picture, because I'm not very good with faces, as you know, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's that couple. But then in the background, I saw... Because I didn't see them holding their pieces of paper when they took the picture. It had Billy Idol in the background, and I was like, that's definitely the Baltimore... That's definitely one. So it was a it was a, a nationwide promotion, and it just happened to be on the very table next to us um, at the time that it happened. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, this I did not know, and this to me is kind of embarrassing. As I was reading through on Hard Rock, the next thing that came through, I was like, what? I was like, I do not know this at all. Hard Rock Stadium. Well, let me ask. Do you know which team plays at the Hard Rock Stadium? Is the home field for the Miami Dolphins. That's my team, and I did not know that. Um, the facility ah. opened in 1987 as Joe Robbie Stadium, and the reason I didn't know is probably this. It's also been known as Pro Player Park, Pro Player Stadium, Dolphin Stadium, Dolphin Stadium, Landshark Stadium, I didn't know that one either, and Sun Life Stadium. In August 2016, really? the team sold the naming rights to Hard Rock Cafe for $250 million over 18 years. Did they years. have that much money? Uh, obviously, obviously. So that'll be going for another at least 10 years. But yeah, so it's been called that for a while, and I had no idea at all. But I thought that was kind of... So me having said... When I originally said, Jay, I can't help you on a football podcast, I guess my, I guess it's right. If I don't even know the stadium where my team plays, that's... 
that's pretty bad that's pretty bad and we were really running late at this point so i was kind of envisaging like i don't know an hour 45 in each place half an hour for lunch and <laughs> anyway it didn't work out like that so when we got to the aquarium i was like dude we got to look around this place quick we got season passes so we can just jump in i know there was a few things that you wanted we went to, to do. shark alley we pet fish uh -huh. i knew that'd be the main things you'd wanted to do i pet a little skate it uh -huh. felt like raw fish. Uh-huh. So I was confused because I told you before that the National Aquarium used to be in D.C. Because I'd been there. And then I was like, and then it came to Baltimore. I got the story completely wrong. So the National Aquarium, the one in Baltimore, was opened in 1981. It has an annual attendance of one and a half million visitors and is the largest tourist attraction in the state of Maryland. Can you remember the largest tourist attraction in the state of Virginia? No. Potomac Mills. <laughs> That's a super, it's a mall. That's the main thing. Um, the aquarium holds more than 2.2 million gallons of water. Wow. In 2003, the National Aquarium and the much older Independent National Aquarium in Washington, D.C. So there was two nationals? That's confusing. Formed an alliance to Wait, operate as a single aquarium. But they worked together. Anyway, that closed in 2013 and then everything just got moved to, to Baltimore. So that explains what happened with that. I was really confused, but I didn't know the one in Baltimore had been open that long. I, did, I thought the one in D.C. closed because the one in Baltimore had just opened. So it's way older than I'd realized. Um, I looked up a couple of things because I thought it was interesting from what we talked. In the touch pool, they, um, they had the horseshoe crabs, which you've seen before at touch pools. Can you remember any of the facts they told you about the horseshoe crab? They said, um, so I asked why do they like attach onto each other's backs. Mm -hmm. It said so one can drag the other to get females and food. Yeah, so they both get food at the same time. But and... it just sounds like one's being lazy. And you did ask, do I like take it in turns to do that? And I was like, I don't know that. That would have been a good question to ask. But yeah, that's what they were. That's what they said. Do you remember any other facts about the um, horseshoe crab? They don't have teeth. <laughs> yeah. And... Well, you're staying away from all the and facts that I have right their now. Their tails, their tails are used to only are only used to flip over. Oh, that's Look true. I forgot about that. Yeah, if they fall over, they'd be normally they a crab's make... like dead once it's on its back, but they that one can flip legs. over. They have ten legs. I got that. I did mention that one, but that wasn't one. All right. Well, from Wikipedia. Uh, well, one thing. First one. It said they're older than dinosaurs. Oh yeah. That was the other one, and they're not crabs. So that was the two I wanted to look for. So horseshoe crabs. Um, are marine and brackish water anthropods of the family Lemilidae, and the only living members of the order, oh gosh, Xyphosura. Despite their name, they are not true crabs or crustaceans. They are chelicerates. I picked the wrong topic to do this for. Mostly closely related to arachnids, such as spiders, ticks, and scorpions. He did say they were closer related to scorpions yeah. rather than crabs. Yeah. Uh, the fossil so, so, record goes back over 440 million years. Wow. Dead. The little skate was was before trees. Yes, and that's it, crazy. And it hadn't evolved at yeah. all. Yeah, no, that's what they said. Yeah, over all that time, and they still look exactly the same. Have evolved like two hundred thousand times, I think. Um, I it, it was something with a two. I thought it was two thousand, but you might be right. I can't remember. It was a big number, but yeah, yes. there's lots of different. Um, yeah, it was two thousand. Different ones. What did you call those creatures? What was it that split up two thousand times? Jellyfish. Now, I noticed that they didn't say that anymore. They said jellies, if you want to come and touch the jellies. And the reason they said that was jellyfish came from 1796, but the term jellies or sea jellies is more recent, having been introduced by public aquariums in an effort to avoid the use of the word fish. Because it's modern connotation with an animal having a backbone, which it's obviously... 
which obviously, correct, which obviously a jelly doesn't have. Um, also, it's a shellfish, cuttlefish, and starfish are also not vertebrates either. So what an example of something that has fish on the end, but is not really a fish. And um, what else? Oh, the oyster crab. This one I saw when I was trying to find these facts. I didn't know. And I've never seen them do this in the touch pool. Have you ever seen them swimming? I've only ever seen them walking along the bottom. Yeah. When they swim, they swim upside down, and they're at an angle of 30 degrees to the horizontal as well. Like this? Like this. I'm showing you with my hand 30 degrees. Um, and it says they move at four to six inches a second. So that's pretty quick, actually, for something. Because when they're going along the ground, they're not that quick. Yeah. So I'm surprised if they want to move, they but don't yeah, just swim. They walk. Yeah. They're humans. Well, they're not humans. Well, they're definitely not humans, that's for sure. Now, I don't know if you were aware. I saw this one for je jellyfish. A group of jellyfish is called a smack. So when you see a group of them. So next time, remember when I asked him, I was like, hey, why are all the jellyfish like over in this one side? Because it was like a huge group where we were when we were trying to stroke yeah. them. There was like none on the far side. And he said it was something to do with the filtration system. Yeah. They move across. Point. So next time I go, I can use that term. So why is there a smack of jellyfish on this side? I didn't know that's what you called it. But Dad, you just group. get a group of jellyfish? Mm -hmm. Hold them with like rubber gloves by the tentacles and slap the other person. Say it's a smack. Oh, I would say why are you promoting cruelty to animals? Now, as I was looking that one up, I was like, that's a group that I didn't know. And I started looking up because I was going to give you a little quiz. I thought there were some more obvious ones than quiz. this, but I, I have some, but there was not really many that I think you even know. And um, the one that surprised me was, do you know badges? What a group of badges is called? It's kind of an obscure one. It's called a set, but I always thought it was S-E-T. I've never seen it written down before. It's C-E-T-E. -E. So I've never seen that one written down before. Anyway, all right, let's see if you can do these ones. Then. What do you call a group of bees? Swarm. Correct. Yep. A group of cattle. A herd. Correct. A group of fish. A school. And the last one I have for you, a group of lions. I wondered if that one might be too difficult. I thought you might know, know the first three. It's called a pride. Pride of lions. And as we're in Baltimore, which is famous for Edgar Allan Poe, I thought I was to talk about crows. A group of crows. Is... No, oh, it's ravens, isn't it? Not crows. Well, close enough. Big black birds. Yeah, right. It's called a murder. That's a really strange group name. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that before. And yeah, some I've that, heard of that. Some that I like that were interesting, that, but I have nothing to do with the aquarium. Uh, a group of porcupines. I'm guessing you don't know this one. No. I didn't know. It's called a prickle. I like that word though. It makes sense because they have pricks on them, but prickle. And relevant to this one, but I'd never heard this one. Do you know what a group of sharks is? Because we saw that. No. I thought it was just a school, same thing. It's called a shiver. A shiver of sharks. <laughs> and a group of stingrays? I don't know. A fever. That's a, they have some really strange group names. All but right. seeing as it was, seeing as we were at the aquarium, I looked it up. So next time we're there, if you if you want to show off your vocabulary yeah. when you're talking to the people, you After... can mention a shiver of sharks, a fever of stingrays. And, um, oh, the other one you already knew, school, school fish. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's this animal, the group of them, and a group is called a band, but I forgot what animal it is. A band? Yeah, and it's in Mexico. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and Seems like video you were watching music. the other day, is it a group of <coughs> El Chupacabras? No. Oh, okay. They don't make, like, Armadillos? music. They make, like, snorts. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what that one was. Anyway, so we had to really rush around the aquarium. We only had like 30 minutes. Um, we got back to the parking lot and amazingly, $14. I was like, yes. So I did manage to get my discount in. But we nearly in didn't the end. remember where our car was. But I, but as soon as I saw it, 
P two and and it yeah, said an octopus. They have I remember. Yeah, I forgot. Because I saw that. a picture of an octopus. Wave. I knew we were on level two because we first level you couldn't park because it was reserved. Uh -huh. That, but it was difficult to get back in. Like first one was like no pedestrians on the ramp. Second one there was a door that was closed from the outside. Right, I don't Third one there was a door from the outside, and the fourth one it was a ramp, and I was like no pedestrians. I I said I don't care. I'm walking up. I need we need to go because we're gonna miss the start of the game. And there were lady at the Dad, top says no pedestrians on the ramp. I was like hey we just went through three that said no. I'm not going back for a fourth one. And she's like, yeah, well, okay, next time just... I was like, the door was closed. So I'm guessing that door wasn't supposed to be closed then. But they locked it. So I was like, that's on them. Like, and she said, well, if you go... I was like, we didn't come from that side. We came from the other side. So I don't know. It wasn't clear how to get back in, but that's on them. But anyway, we got out. We made it in time. I wanted to get there early enough that I wanted to see the players warming up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to hear the anthem. I definitely wanted to hear the players' introductions and stuff like that. And um, we definitely managed to do that. Um, this was the first time that the field was new as well. Because okay. Joe Cannon Stadium, we had to go to a few different stadiums in the end of last season. So I looked up Jay to try and find out when it started. So Jan June 10th, 2022, um, from AstroTurf's Twitter feed, new Diamond Series RBI turf system is being installed at Joe Cannon Stadium in Hanover, Maryland. The stadium is home to the Coppin State Eagles of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. That's the MEAC. So this is before the Wrong announcement ABC. was... Yeah, that's before that announcement. Now, I did see a quote from Sherman Reed as well, the coach. Uh, it's amazing how true the Joe Cannon turf plays in comparison to others we've played on in the past. The guys have stated that infield rollers aren't the big unrealistic bouncers they sometimes get on other turf fields. The field is absolutely beautiful with the two-tone coloured grass blade cuts. It's fun seeing the reaction of our recruits when we take them on a tour of the stadium. It's definitely lifted the profile of Coppin's baseball programme and the guys deserve it after last year's championship run. I talked to one of the... Um, uh, one of the people in the crowd about that. I was like, I've seen that before. Like in soccer, I'm told that you get like really high bounces. But it, from what I saw, it looked like it was a really true bounce. So I'm glad that that's... Um, they actually took out all plastic fields in soccer um, in England. Because that was one of the problems. When they used to do like goal kicks, it would bounce so high. And it would bounce over players' heads that they wouldn't... That they they just didn't like it. Wait, so. they had plastic fields? Yeah, turf. Astro turf fields. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but now everything is proper grass. Uh, that's the only thing that's allowed in the, uh, in I think it's all four leagues. I'm not sure about the like the fifth and the sixth leagues, but certainly what are the those top four. Um, there's like it's got a conference. It would be equivalent to like single A baseball. Um, it's it's not it's not always full time. It's sometimes semi professional and things like that. Now the lead up to this, so they were playing St Peter's University. And Jay, I didn't know who St. Peter's University was, and I totally forgot to look it up. So we, I looked it up quickly before we um, came on it. Uh, it's Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, sorry, not Pennsylvania. New Jersey. It was Jersey City. Now, the reason I said I knew Jersey City was that's where I went to, uh, appropriately, you got your WrestleMania shirt on. Um, when I went to WrestleMania, that was where we went to see the independent matches. 36. We, uh, 36, yes. We were based up in uh, Jersey City. We went to see matches at, I think it's called the Eagle Hall. Or the White Eagle Hall. I'm literally wearing remember. a 36 jersey. Yeah, that was kind of appropriate that you had that on. Now, what you didn't know before this game was the record that Coppin State had against St. Peter's. So, I'm going back all the way to 2007, JJ. Um, I'm not going to tell you the scores. I'll just tell you whether they won or lost, okay? So, in 2007, they played them four times, and they lost all four times in New Jersey City. Uh, 2008, they played twice in Hanover, and they lost both games. Uh, 2008 in Jersey City, they lost. Uh, 
2013, it was a neutral stadium. They lost. And in 2022, the first three games of the series, which was in Columbia, Maryland, I think it was the same thing. They had to play in a different stadium at the start of last season. They lost. So they haven't beaten Hanover. They Sorry, they haven't beaten St. Peter's in over 15 years. So wasn't looking too good on this one. I did look up a couple of players to see who were going to be the best players to look for. Uh, Colin Jensen um, was led the team in hits last year, and he batted 290 with three home runs. And Tom Bookman was second with 48 hits, and he batted 287. Uh, Tom Bookman was a graduate student. He's not on the team anymore. Um, and the highest average, which was interesting, uh, 366. That's really high, right? Um, Mark Antonatos, uh, Nick Mark Antonatos, oh, I'm totally butchered his name, I apologize, Nick. Um, he's an outfielder and a pitcher, so he mainly focused on pitching. If you're batting 366, I might want to miss my DH if he's not, um, um, on days when he's not pitching. That sounds really good, but hey, I don't know. Now, Make I did... him show hail Toddy. He, yeah, that was it. But also with fielding. It was only on about 18 at-bats, I think it was. But it was like 6 for 18 or 7 for 18 or something like that. But like, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. Perhaps he was injured for the rest of the season. That might be why he didn't get to bat very much. I don't know. All right. I thought it'd be interesting at this point, JJ, to compare the team from last year with the team from this year. So the team that opened last year uh, was uh, Wellington Borsley, uh, Marcus Castillo, Jordan, Ham uh, Jordan Hamburg, Sebastian Sarabia, Matt Day, uh, Mike Dorsian, Brian Nicholas, Corey Miley, and Tyler Lloyd. Now, there's one big name missing from that, but that's because this was the start of the season and there was a freshman. Did you notice somebody who was missing? No. All right, well, I'll read you the lineup from this year then. Josh Hankins. He did not play at the very first game last season. Uh, Brett Curran, Jordan Hamburg, Sebastian Sarabia, Brian Nicholas, Corey Miley, Mike Dorsian, Anthony Diviatorio, and Sam Nieves. So Wellington, Marcus, and Matt, obviously they were seniors, so they don't they obviously graduated, so they don't play anymore. Uh, Josh Hankins came into the team as well towards the end of the season. We Josh was always playing when we started to watch in April, so it didn't take him long to break into the team on a regular basis. Um, and the new players for this team then were Brett Curran, Anthony DiVittorio and Sam Nieves. So they were all making their debuts. And the uh, pitcher was also making his debut, which was uh, Liam McCulloch. All right. You got a lot of stats there. Uh, Liam, McCull Liam McCullum, I apologize. Ari. You got a lot of stats there. Wait, but... I know you like the box score printing out. You got your own little notes. Your own notes were hilarious. Like, you're writing B for ball, S for strike, and you're like, I got BS written there. I was like, yeah, very funny. <laughs> there was another one that you had. I was like, what? BSB. Yeah, I, yeah, I was like, I don't know what... <laughs> I didn't know what it means, but... And then were... I also got Bout Cow... Your scoring got confusing. We can print you out a scorecard if you want to do it properly. Like, you know how to do that, man. But who is the center fielder? Uh, for Coppin? Yeah. Uh, current. Um, he was the first one to hit like um an actual like out the stadium home run. Uh, for Coppin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it was his debut. Yeah, it was a grand slam. Debut home run. Grand slam. So at that point. Yeah, in it was the game, probably about three seventy five. Uh, it's three ten to the corner, yes. and it's about three eighty to the power alley. I read. So and also there was a lot of wind on this game. Yes. Like I saw predicted ahead of time, yeah, it was it gonna like be eighteen kinda, mile an hour wind. Yeah, it was kind of like um too like it was probably like right to 
If you were line to the first base, yeah, it was going from the uh, foul pole all the way from the third third uh, third base foul pole all yeah. the way into home plate. Um, so it would have helped a little bit, but yeah, it his just it went over. straight though, as far as I can tell. The wind didn't seem no, to it carry curved it. Curved it a little. Oh, it did. Okay, yeah. from my perspective, it seemed to keep it pretty straight. Because I know Josh Hankins hit mm -hmm. a great one. I was like, any other day that would have been a home run, mm -hmm. and it just kind of ballooned up in the air, and then the center, and the the left fielder just caught it pretty easily in the end. Mm -hmm. But no, it was definitely tough wind conditions. So at yeah. that point in the game, you're already in the fifth inning then. Mm -hmm. So um, Saint Pete, Saint Pete's were Saint Peter's, sorry, were up two to one at that point. And uh, the two runs were both unearned runs. That was one thing that I did mention. I was like, I think they're going to be unearned runs. There was an error. I can't remember what happened exactly. Wait. I think it was a throw to first. Actually, it's six to two. No, before that happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> After the top of the fifth, it was two to one, St. Peter's. And because um, you asked on one before, you're like, can I, I get the ball? One. I was like, players are going for it. And then nobody had actually gone for that one. I was like, surely this is this guy's debut for Coppin. It's a grand slam. I was like, somebody, he's going to want that ball. So you're like, can I go get it? I was like, yeah, go get it. And um, I couldn't see you for a while. I came back and you slipped over and grazed your hands mm. up. And anyway, we brushed you off. And then you went and went to look for it. And then as we were getting around there, a player did finally... Uh, come to go look for it. So, who found it first? It was Brett. Who found the ball? Mm, did you find Liam the ball, or did the player find McCollum. the ball? Yeah, it was Liam McCollum. We didn't know it was Liam McCollum at the time, and I didn't realize as we were. He found it, and he got a long way. It got over like the the outfield fence. It went over that first fence as well, because there's another fence just on that side. Yeah. Bounced over the parking lot, and it was down. Yeah, onto there's the... like a little like hill down yeah. into rocks. Like, it mm -hmm. was in the rock. Yeah, it was a long, long way. And uh, um... It's about, I'd say, 50, 40 feet to the, to the end of the parking lot from the outfield fence. Um... And then it's about, like, 30 feet down there, so it's like 380. I would say the ball, oh, the ball carried way further than that. The distance from home play, I'm going to guess then, is uh, probably close to about 450, 500. It was a long, long way. It bounced a lot. Is weight. All right, all right. We disagree on how far it is. But anyway, did you recognize at the time that that was the pitcher for Coppin State at that point, the starting pitcher? Because I didn't recognize it was. Like, I knew the starting pitcher was 99. but I, I didn't think he had his... recognize. He had a jacket yeah, on. Yeah, he had a jacket on, so I didn't know that that's who it was. Yeah. The only At thing I first, did know was I didn't yeah. recognize the player from last year. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking. So on the way back, we were talking. It sound to me it sounded American. Then it sounded like British. <laughs> and then it sounded back to American. Uh huh. And then British. Well, he again, asked us. And then Australian. He asked us, "Do we go to a lot of the games?" And I said, "We started to." I said, "We came in April, and then we've been trying to." And we mentioned we've seen some of the games on the road, and we've seen the MIAC tournament. And then he mentioned it was. That this was his first season at Coffin. And he said last season he played on the West Coast. So last season he actually Washington. played. It was in Washington, yeah. So he's only played out on the West Coast in Washington. It was actually Gonzaga University. Yeah. Because um, that was what I looked up. Oh, and then I picked up on the accent. I was like, oh, I was like, hold on a second. And oh, he said, I'm not from this country. And then it was then I was like, because I'm so used to American accents. I'm so used to English accents that I don't always instantly think, oh, I'm talking to an American or I'm talking to a Brit. I just kind of. I don't know. It doesn't sound unusual to me. But then I heard that little twang. And then when he went to it, I was like, oh, are you the Australian player? And yeah, he mentioned that he was the Australian player. But at that point, I didn't realize that he was the starting pitcher. Because I remember seeing his name when I was looking along the roster. 
But I didn't know what his position was at that point. And I certainly didn't know he'd been... So I'm wondering what happened then is... So at this point then, after they got the five runs, they're leading six to one in the sixth. And normally you'd bring a closer at that point. There's three innings to go. So I'm wondering if they were just like, hey, you're done for the knee. Go get the ball. <laughs> and then um, and then we'll, we'll send somebody else in. So I don't know how that worked, but there, yeah. there was people who weren't it... even playing that game. I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't get the ball. That was, to me, was a little confusing. But anyway, we got to talk to Liam that, for a little bit, so that was cool. finishing his pitching. There was a new person. There, there was. Yeah, 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 there was. Now, I want to ask you one question as well. So um, second base is Corey Miley. Shortstop is uh, Josh Hankins. Now, I want you to go back to when you played Little League, because you played Little League in the fall. As the pit in between innings, the pitcher obviously warms up, right? On the last pitch, tell me what happens. What happens when the catcher gets the ball on the last warm up pitch? What does he do? Know. Oh my gosh, you didn't he notice gives, this in your games? He gives. It happens in every major league game as well. It happens he in gives every college the ball game. To the umpire. No, he does not. No, he gives gets it. it. The, the pitcher ducks and he throws it to second base. Second base. I noticed Josh Hankins was collecting those though, not Corey. I always thought it was the second baseman that caught it, not the shortstop. So I don't know if that was something uh, different or... Yeah, but for the opposing team, like, the pitcher was throwing. Uh -huh. I literally saw the the shortstop and second baseman. Uh -huh. They were, like, um 15 feet from the base uh -huh. at the edge of the grass. Uh -huh. Well, they've got to be able to cover quickly as well. And if there's people on base, they have to check. They have to keep them close so they don't try and steal. Because the further away you are from it, they know I can take a bigger lead. So sometimes that affects the position. But that was something I noticed that I was um, yeah, I was a little curious about. Now, the pitcher that came in to relieve uh, Liam was... Uh, <laughs> but when you had a list of notes that told you all the pitchers, I, like, <laughs> I shrugged his um... shoulders. Tim Rafino was... Uh, now, I thought... I said to you, I said, I don't think we've seen him pitch. Yeah, he, he was, was injured in the, last year. He had a sling when we saw him um, last, year. last year. Now, I looked back to check JJ to see if that was actually true. And um, he did pitch when we started to watch it. And I was like, oh, I guess we must just have forgot it. So he actually pitched um, the play ball game. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised I don't remember that. And then I looked, it was the second game. That was a double header. I'd forgotten it was a double header. So we saw I game did. one, and then we went home. Um, and then Tim Rafino pitched in the second game. He took the win. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that was our first time we actually got to see uh, Tim Rafino pitch. So that was kind of cool. To... Wait, when did the second game start? Uh, well, after the first one was finished. <laughs> but oh. it was kind of late at that point. Because so, it was a late was start freezing. anyway. Yeah, it was freezing. And it had been like wind a chill. previous game with like a three-hour game as well. That, that game that we went to last... Mm -hmm. um, the game that we're doing right now uh -huh. was like that game that we went to for the play of all of it. It was, yeah. It was... Windy, cold. I would say the, this game was worse. The winds were stronger. Yeah. Um, it was raining during the game, which didn't happen. We had to move at different points to get away from the rain. Uh -huh. um, so I would say it was probably worse. But Oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm, I looked. I did look up uh, Liam McCullough to find a little bit more about him. Um I saw this. Apparently, he also was part of the Sydney Swans Academy for Australian football. I don't know if you've ever even seen Australian rules football. I used to watch it when I was I younger. I see rugby. Yeah, it's very different. It has the same shape ball, but they play on an oval field. And there's, like, the, the goalposts like you would see in football. But then there's, like, extra ones to the side. What? So you get, like, less points. If, if you're less accurate, you get less points. 
And every few steps you have to like bounce the ball or you have to like kick the ball a little bit. Um, and they tend to pa pass the ball by like punching the ball and things. It's very, it's a very interesting game. I like watching it. The team that I used to watch was called uh, Geelong. Because they used to be, they were good at the time that I watched. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Now I did wonder as well, like, all right, so if Liam's a baseball player and he's good at other sports, like, is he going to be good at cricket? You know, Australians like cricket, right? And British people rugby? like cricket. It uh, could be rugby as well. Well, they tend to play, they do. And also, actually, I don't know, how, how do you make that choice? Do you play Aussie rules football or do you become a rugby player? I wonder how that decision happens. I don't know. Anyway, I saw this. Um, Daily Telegraph from Australia. August 2016, so I'm going back a long way right now. Headline, Liam impresses on world stage. The baseball world has taken note of young gun Liam McCullum. The 14-year-old was the youngest member of the Australian Under-15 Baseball World Cup team, which competed in Japan in July and August. It was a great experience. You got to meet great people from other countries and see their standard, he said. Liam McCullum recently returned from Japan, where he played in the Under-15 World Cup. Um, Liam said one of the highlights was playing the opening match against Japan. Uh, the quality was amazing, he said. Liam had a strong season in 2015-16, leading the Winston Hills Under-14 Division 1 baseball team to Premiership victory and joining the Next Generation Baseball State Representative Tour to the United States in July. Liam has played with the Winston Hill Junior Baseball Club since he was about seven. Seven? He also plays cricket with the Ride Hunter Hills Pirates and AFL with the Westbrook Junior Australian Football Club in Cherrybrook. But baseball remains his firm favourite. So yeah, he was playing three sports when he was 14, but he decided that baseball was the one he wanted so to go to. So was that third sport? Now, Australian football, cricket, baseball. I would play cricket. Oh, uh, okay. Well, cricket and baseball have similarities. I could play cricket with them. There's similarities. In, the, in fact, it's a bat and ball game. But, and then it's from kind of like a golf stance. It's you swing on a different plane. Yes, you'd swing the batter swing more like a golf club, whereas uh, baseball's on like, a horizontal. Yeah, the pitcher is kind of like bowling. Their arm rotates round as they release. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a very and you bounce the ball like in front of the batter as well. Bullet, but you also have to kind of bounce the ball. It's like a baseball. It sounds that, but it has a seam on it though as well, so it can bounce off at different angles. Um, it's it's it, I guess uh, I guess in baseball you put swerve on the ball when you come through. So I guess there's different tactics. I also saw this on Baseball Victoria uh, from Victoria's um, I think a state in Australia. I want to say um, 2017th. Uh, 2017, so this is a little bit, this is the year afterwards. Um, Liam McCollum tossed five dazzling innings, keeping the Hawks hitters off balance all night. The lefty finished with three strikeouts and no hits across five innings. When asked about the experience, McCollum was excited to get stuck into the best in the world. I couldn't think of anything better, he said. The boys played exceptionally well today. Ryder, a great team. Their performance in the semis against Cronulla was amazing, and we had to play our best today. Um, in a battle between the two powerhouses, uh, Hills prevailed 7-1 to one and booked their ticket to the Junior League World Series in Taylor, Michigan. That's pretty cool. So I didn't even realize then. I know on the Little League World Series, like this teams from all over the world. So I guess this is um, kind of a similar thing. Interestingly, on this one, he pitched in his debut yesterday, JJ. Five innings, no runs. This match here, five innings, no runs. I thought that was pretty cool. Alright, anything else to tell us about this game then? Oh, one more thing. I also saw he pitched in um, the Yakima Valley Pippins. Um, he was supposed to play in 2020, but because of COVID, he didn't get the chance to do that. And um, it's about two and a half hours from Seattle, so that's also on the West Coast. 
and his figures were he pitched in 13 games and oh sorry no he batted in 13 games he has a batting average of 400 that's another person i'm wondering are we going to get to see uh leah mccollum perhaps come in and pinch hit something like that i don't know that's pretty impressive that's 400 yeah and his era was uh 3.19 in seven games so i did see that as well so i was just kind of look um i think it says actually when you when i looked on that website that he plays uh uh, pitcher and first baseman i think it said or it was certainly infield anyway so i don't know that might be somebody else Carpenter State has a few people like that so like john hamburg plays outfield and pitchers as well it's useful when you've got players that can do uh, more than one thing and we saw in the uh, off season as well that sebastian plays uh first base and catcher because i was like you play catcher i was like i don't remember seeing that and he said i played a few games and he posted a few clips for us so we got to see that all right anything else so, we mentioned the fact that um, Current went, um, he got the Grand Slam. He actually, for the game, he actually went, um, he got five RBIs in the game. So, um, he's a redshirt junior from Omaha, Nebraska. What else? Oh, he played in, where did it say? I thought it said in the team that he played for. Oh, he played at Dawson uh, Community College. Um, and that's apparently where Sean Repay, one of the uh, current assistant coaches, was head coach in 2021. So he obviously knew who uh, Brett Curran was, and I'm assuming that's why he came to Coppin State. Um, the other debut person, Anthony DiVittorio, went two for three with a double and three RBIs. And Sam Nieves' debut, he scored three times with a pair of base knocks and two steals. So they did phenomenal. They did absolutely awesome. Like, all the new people who came into the lineup, every single one of them uh, made a contribution. And I already talked about Tim Rafino because we saw that one before. So the last thing, JJ, that I didn't tell you at the start was, remember the losing streak that I told you that Coppin State hadn't beaten St. Peter's for 17 yeah. years? I left one result off. The last time they played them was the last game in the series. They played a four-game set last year. In that fourth game, they won 12-4. to Okay, you remember what the score was yesterday? 12-4. They won again 12-4. So Coppin's actually got two in a row now. But yeah, before um, 2007, the last time that Coppin State had beaten St. Peter's was 2005. So it was a long time ago. So I mentioned the fact that St. Peter's beat um, Coppin State three times. Um, St. Peter's only won six games on the road last season in total. So they ha after winning those three at Coppin State, they kind of struggled on the road after that. Um, the only other thing I saw on here that kind of caught my eye... Um, I was trying to find out about the um, the stadium because I wanted to talk about the turf. Um, Frostburg University versus Clarion is going to happen at the Joe on March 4th um, this year. Have you heard of either of those places, Jay? No. Frostburg University? No. It's two hours and 20 minutes away in uh, Western Maryland, as far as I can tell. Have you heard of Clarion? No. Four hours and 25 minutes away in, um, I think, Pennsylvania. Why are those two teams playing there? Like, it, it makes no sense. I, I, I couldn't find out any more information. The only reason I found out about it was Frostburg University talked about, hey, we're meeting at the uh, Green Turtle after the game. It's $30, blah, 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 blah. And uh, you got to sign up for it. So, so I, I was kind of curious. So I don't know if there's a tournament or something. There's all those two. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on that game. But I'm really curious now. Why, uh, why is Frostburg University playing? Like, to give you some idea, Jay, I'm showing you the map now with my fingers. Here's Clarion. Here's Frostburg. They're kind of directly above each other. And then here's where Coppin States plays. Like, it's not even close. Like, if they played in the middle of the two stadiums, they both have, like, um, probably about 50 minutes to travel each. But they're choosing to play somewhere. So, I don't know. 
I have no idea why they're choosing to play there. Mm -hmm. um, the only other thing I can think of to finish up with was then for the rest of the game. Um, Jordan Hamburg did also hit a two-run home run, which I said gave you some gave him a bit of extra insurance. And you're like, what does that mean? So we explained what that meant. And at that point, it was pretty clear who was going to win. Uh, we did a little lap of the outside because you wanted to stretch your legs a little bit. Uh, but actually, it's really cool looking at the field from the top of that hill behind center field. So we got to see that. Um, came back, end of the game, and I think, to be honest, by the end, I was glad that they wrapped it up, and I'm glad Coppin didn't have to bat in the bottom of the ninth, because it was cold. Mm -hmm. It was really cold. The lights were on because it was starting to get dark as well. But, yeah. Um, I don't know and when I first went there to the field, it looked very bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said the game, it looked like the game was going to be way over three hours because it was kind of going slow to begin with. Um, not particularly any reason, uh, but final time for the game was two hours and 49 minutes. Um, I do, we get to see you in under three hours. Yeah, we do. It always helps when you don't have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. Um, but also, they were just, um, yeah, there was just a lot of quick outs and that's sometimes how it goes. Sometimes to begin with, you can have long at bats. And I think earlier, I think the one stat I did see on here was Coppin State had a lot more walk and I think that always slows the games down as well. So yeah, Coppin State got six walks. Uh, St. Peter's had three. But um, hey, that's the first game in the book. Uh, we got to finish recording because um, the next game is in two hours. Hitter. We got to head up there. <laughs> the designated hitter was out twice. I think he was out more he than twice. He struck out twice. Oh, he struck out. Oh, the St. Peter's one. Mm -hmm. uh, let me have a look on here. Um, he struck out three times, actually. Uh, Tyler Smith, yeah, the first one, he you could tell he was going for a big hit. There was people on base, so he was really trying to drive them home. But yeah, sometimes when you go for that extra power, it can uh, it can affect the pureness of your swing. He so, has some good power, mm -hmm. but he doesn't play with that accuracy. He didn't on that one, but the other question I was wondering about then is, with the wind, who does that help the most, and who does it hinder the most? Like, for pitching, it's going to change your angle, but I'm wondering if you just change where you aim. Does it affect the batters more, because it kind of curves more because of the wind? Uh, does it affect the infield? It definitely affected the outfielders. Some of those balls that were hit high into the sky, you could see the players having to reposition themselves. So, I don't know. On conditions when it's windy, I'm not sure who it helps the most, whether it's the uh, pitchers or the catchers. You want to talk about your balls? Uh -huh. Well, you one you got from uh, one you got from Liam, so yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an NCAA championship. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and it has extra innings technology. Okay. And I also found this ball in the parking lot. It's an MLB ball. And that one we're gonna to return today. Um, they were in the middle of an inning. Um, there was somebody warming up for Coppin State, and I was like, "Look, we can't throw it to them right now. We don't want it. You can't throw it over the fence because once the ball's on the field, that everything stops." So I was like, "We'll just wait." And then at the end, we just everyone was kind of celebrating. We're like, "Hey, we're coming back today anyway, so it doesn't really make any difference at all." All right, so you're gonna play your musical instrument for the outro again this year as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll soon see. And next week's episode will be the game two that we're heading to today, uh, because the following week you already asked me. It was uh, it's in Oregon. They're playing three games against Oregon State in Oregon. Don't know why. You asked me. Well, you said that's definitely not an interleague game. I was like, no, that's definitely not an NEC game. So.